unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Welcome, Christopher Roush, to the Raw and Unscripted Show. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, welcome to another Raw and Unscripted Show with me, yours truly, your unstoppable coach, Christopher Roush, bringing you the motivation, inspiration, and education that's designed to get you off your ass and into living your life. I have to warn you guys, I'm a little fired up in case you didn't see my walk and talk this morning. That's continued all day. I'm really passionate today about making some differences in people's mindsets and no better person to have on my show than my guest tonight. But first, I want to send some love out to my fellow co-host from the Friday night show, Mr. Scott Goyette. Send him out some love. Poor guy is uh, is not feeling so so hot. So we send you love. We send much love. We got some love in here for you. Oh, Scott's already here. What's up, Scott? What's up? Hey, wow. Look at all these people are already here. Scott Goyette, she's back. Yes. Um, what's up, Teresa, Larry, everybody. I think you guys are here. This is awesome. All right. So once again, we're here every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, the goal of the show is to impact you during this however long period we're going to do it for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And for you to take a couple of notes and to really take action on the things that we share with you tonight, because that's always been my goal as a broadcaster, as a person in personal development, as a coach, as a speaker, whatever. My goal is not to impart stuff that's huge. That's going to take a long time for you guys to act on. My goal is to make sure that you guys walk away with tidbits. that You can start moving forward on today, tonight, right? You know, I used to be, I was telling my coaching client this earlier, as a coach and as a speaker, I always wanted to be like, I want to shift everybody's perspective like this, like huge. I want to make, have a massive shift. But I learned, especially over the course of COVID, that it's really important to just little, little, little shifts, little shifts, little shifts, little shifts, little shifts. You know, I think I used the analogy before that, you know, if you change, you know, the coordinates on a boat or an airplane or a car by one degree, where are you going to wind up? Where are you going to wind up? You're going to wind up in a different place. So if we just change our perspective just a little bit, then guess what? You'll wind up in a different place. And if you've been hoping, wishing, and praying and playing the someday game about getting to a different place, then you're in the right place. Because tonight I have with me the exquisite, the beautiful, the talented, the funny, the persistent, the tenacious, the, oh my God, let's just go do it. Serena Buffalino, Serena Buffalino. Hey, Serena, what's going on? Hello, Christopher. Uh, yeah, no, I just love listening to you speak. Like I do, you speak my language and I, I've said it from day one. We're like spirit kindred spirits. And I'm just super, super excited to be back on your show to tune into the audience, um, and to see how this unfolds because, um, we never pre-plan what we're going to say or what we're going to do. And we always just go live and whatever happens, happens, which is kind of the testament to my life. <laughs> no shit, really? Yep. Wow. And for those of you guys who don't know, Serena was a guest on my show recently, probably what, a couple of months ago? Yeah. Yeah, a couple of months ago. You were also on our Friday Night Live. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why we have her here. She is a permanent anytime repeat guest because the the fanfare and the, the the comments that we received back from your show Serena was magical. I mean people are so so, so inspired. I don't know what that, what that noise was. That was, was me. Oh. <laughs> I hear a dog whistle. No. Um, no, <laughs> I got I got glasses on the top of my head. Whatever. Um 
people are so inspired by our conversation, both on both shows because of your candidness. And a lot of people want to have the, the confidence and the tenacity and the courage and the willingness to go experience life, but they don't. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you back on the show, because most recently you up and decided to go ride your bike, not just ride your bike, but ride your bike and raise money and not just ride your bike and raise money. But uh, tell us about this experience and tell us about where the inspiration came from it and exactly what the overall experience was, because it's, it's truly inspiring. It really is. And thank you for being on the show again. I know you've got a lot of stuff going on and um, I just appreciate you being here. Well, thank you, Chris. I, I love being here. And so, yeah, I mean, basically for sure, I'll just, I'll rewind even further than that to stay to the theme of our show. Um, I'd never in a million years thought I would be where I am in my life right now. And none of this was planned. Absolutely none of it. So I've always been, I mean, I will say that, you know, for anybody who's struggling right now, I think part of my truth is that I did struggle significantly. You know, I did get kicked out of school. I did get told by many people I wouldn't amount to nothing. Um, so I had all that negative talk, you know, as somebody who was somewhat illiterate, you know, I really suffered with reading and writing. Um, education was never part of, you know, my life story. <laughs> Funny, I've gone on to dedicate my life to education. But yeah. again, you know, when you're told at a young age, especially when you're in school and you're flunking your classes and you can't keep up with the rest of the people and you're in special education classes and you're being left behind, your self-confidence, your self-worth, your, you know, it, it, it weighs you down, right? So I think that's part of why I love speaking is because I can speak from my truth, from my experience that again, I never planned on any of this stuff happening. And then I just, you know, at some point in my life, I did make a shift. And when you start, and that's what the thing is, when you start to do things you never dreamed you were capable of or things you didn't know you could do, every little step increases your confidence, increases your wisdom, increases your perception in life. And so if I allowed myself to be fear, based in fear, or if I allowed myself to believe what was the thoughts were in my head, I wouldn't have amounted to much. And so that's why I say the first and foremost, the most important thing to do is start with your mental health. Because if your mental health is not okay, if your thought processes are not okay, then you can't do it. If you continuously tell yourself you can't do it, you can't do it, you're incapable, you're stupid, then that's what's gonna happen. Until you start to shift the way you think and then you start to achieve those things, just baby steps, you grow, you grow, you grow, and then, you become this unstoppable human being that again, I'm in a stage in my life where I'm continuously saying yes, not knowing I'm the yes, yes, yes girl, not knowing how it's gonna unfold, not having a plan or a vision, but just taking the step. And then when I take the step, the answers start to come. So I say, I kind of work backwards from everybody because most people come up with a plan, the goal, they, the structure. <laughs> And I kind of just fly by the seat of my pants, get on the ground, and I make stuff happen. So the bike ride that you're talking about. Seat of the pants. Look at that segue. That was beautiful. You should be a broadcaster. And by the way, the seat of my pants kind of thing, 
Yes. Yes. Talk so, about that. Cause I, I, I just, I love the fact that you, again, what you just said epitomizes everything about you. And you know, when you talk about mental health, I want to clarify something like, how do you take care of your mental health? Because I know we're a lot alike and, and Scott and I were just talking, we're sending lots of love to Scott, uh, who's healing right now. Um, as I know, we were, he and I were talking about, like, we're both the same. We're both just, just go, 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 go. And we both had talked about periods in our life where we just crashed, where our adrenals just drained, where we thought we were invincible. And I was just like, boom. And like the world said, okay, you're going to rest now. So how do you, how do you balance that all out be, to keep your mental sanity with everything that you have going on? Well, that's how I keep going is because my mental, my mental state and my mental mind is quite beautiful. You know, I think that's also why I love spending so much time by myself in the forest or on my yoga mat, because it allows me to remain in this state of consciousness. You know, when you do get around people, unless you are, and Chris, you say all of this, this is why I love you, unless you are surrounded with like-minded people or people who elevate you or people who really support you, it's really difficult to be on your journey when the people be around you don't believe in that. So once you start to surround yourself with people who elevate you, everything begins to shift as well. But for me, you know, I am gratitude, gratitude, like every day. And there's been massive personal challenges in my life. You know, uh, for example, there was a period in my life where my mom, my dad and my sister we're all dying in the hospital in three different hospitals at the exact same time. And oh. I was every day I woke up and I was so grateful, so grateful to be alive, to have my breath and to be able to be their caregiver. I never felt sorry for myself. I never felt sorry for the extreme crises that I was going through, but my mindset was so strong and so willed that I just, again, I look at the positive side. Serena, you're alive. You're able to take care of your family. So just be the best caregiver you can be. So even in my saddest, darkest of moments, my mental state is still always positive. My mental state is still, Serena, you can get through this. Serena, you can do this. There's, ever, there's never, ever a time in my mind where I feel like I wanna give up, never. No matter what it is, like giving up, is not an option for me. And it's not because I want to impress anybody other than myself, you know? And I, I do gratitude prayers often, many times a day. I do affirmations all the time. I journal like crazy. I walk in nature, you know, I, I tell people the trees and the birds are my best friend because I love them. So I find my sanity in having good thought patterns and feeding those good thought patterns. Because many of us are so focused on how to get the job, how to get the money, how to get the best body, how to get you know the boyfriend, how to get the girlfriend, but we're not spending that time actually focusing on how to build a strong mind. Chris is going frozen again. <laughs> no, I was just listening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so, and, and that's really it is, it's, it's the muscle work. It's, it's working your brain, working your mind and filling yourself with positive, positive thought processes, positive thoughts, even when things are not okay. And most of the time things are not okay. So you have to teach yourself to be okay in not okay situations. Right. Okay, I, have I have a question. 
Yeah. So since you're on the Raw and Scripted show, do you think, because I've had people ask me this question, do you think that you are just filling yourself full of all sorts of stuff and just ignoring the negativity? Or is that just truly the person that you become? And my second part to that is based on what you were saying, I have this, th- I have this theory about life being simple. And I just wonder, do you think that life is simple? Yes, I do. Actually, I think it's, you know, it is what you make it. And again, um, it's never, it's never going to be easy because life is constantly throwing obstacles at you. But it's, again, with the right approach, everything is simple, right? So it's just learning how to have those, that clear mind, learning how to Again, I'm big in meditation. I'm big in yoga. I'm big. These are my medicines, you know, and so I I nourish my medicine every day so that I could be a better person, not only for myself, but for all the people around me. And, you know, I never actually answered the original question about the bike ride. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the bike ride goes back. So is Chris on here? Because if Chris, sorry, you are Chris. I'm here. I'm Chris. Scott. Scott. Scott here. What are you from Boston? Are you doing that for Scott? Scott, of course he's here. He loves us. Okay. So Scott, it, actually you, me, and Scott, we did um, like a 20-minute live talking about uh, the feeding program, which I was doing for Haiti. And you guys were helping me raise funds for Haiti. And in that 20-minute uh, live show, Chris, uh, sorry, Scott, had uh, challenged both of us for the Go Love Now challenge. And um, I never say no to a challenge. I love challenges. And it's almost like I love like to compete, not because I want to be a winner, just because I love to have fun and just make a game out of everything. And so when he said to do the Go Love Now challenge, I thought about what, what am I going to do? And um, I thank him because in the back of my mind, um, during COVID, being in Hamilton, my hometown, um, I've been here longer than I usually am. And I walk, I drive to the lake to take my nature walks. And there's this whole section of Hamilton right now that is considered tent city. And it's where all the homeless people have been kicked out of the shelters and they're all just living in their tents. Um, and every time I drove by, it bothered me. And so then I was like, I know. The Go Love Now challenge really allowed me to put into action what I was thinking about, which was feeding the homeless. So thanks to you, Scott, there are hundreds of people getting fed every Thursday in my hometown city. But again, that that, that doesn't come for free. So I needed to figure out how I was going to raise the money to keep feeding these homeless people. And... uh, it was maybe five days. It was, yeah, it was on a Saturday and we ended up riding on the Friday. One of my good friends contacted me and asked me to do a 150 kilometer bike ride. Now I used to cycle back in the day and I instantly replied to her and I said, no, I, I'm not in the right shape. I haven't rode my bike in five years. And I think jumping on my bike after 150 kilometers of not riding for five years is going to kill me. And then she was like, I can't believe you're saying no to me. And then she challenged me. And I said, well, then fine. I take the challenge. And if we're going to do this, 
let's do a bike ride for humanity and raise funds for the original challenge that I got, which was from Scott for the feeding program. You got, so, you got ganged up on. You're like, no, go try to kill yourself right now for everybody out there. So 150 kilometers, because uh, we in the United States, we go by the Dewey Decimal wow. System. So yeah. I, I think it I think it was something like 93 miles, but you went further than that. So you went over a hundred miles. I just yes. want to clarify that for everybody. hundred miles continue. Yeah, it was 108 miles in total. And and one that time, one day. One day, woke up in the morning, jumped on my bike for the first time ever in five years. I didn't even take my bike. And this is this is also to show everybody how kind of crazy and courageous I am. Yeah. I didn't even take my bike from one block to the next block to see if it was even tuned up properly. <laughs> the first time I jumped on the, my bike was 8 a.m. 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, and um, we just we just gave her. And I did notice about 10 kilometers into my bike that my bike gears were not working, so I was stuck in the highest gear. I was stuck in three seven for 150, 175 kilometers, which is 108 miles. Now- so for, everybody, for, for everybody high gear, is that the easy gear or is that the super hardest gear? That's the hardest gear you can ride in. That's what I want and, to make sure. <laughs> you know, I'm telling wow. you, we, my, my, my friend and I, we, we did an amazing job. We didn't even stop to stretch. We really stopped like two quick times so that I could do the, the live post mm -hmm. to all my fan base. We ended up raising um, $2,700 in three days, which was amazing. Um, and that, you know, I took all that, all, all the fans, all the love, all the support, you know, every time I was riding, there were times where it got difficult. Um, I would just think about all the people who donated. And I thought about that video that I was committed to posting at the end of the ride that we had completed it. And so as much as, and I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> the last couple hours were tough, there was no stopping. It was like, we're doing this. We were actually supposed to stop and spend the night and then wake up in the morning and do the last like 30 kilometers. But I said, no, let's just give her, let's just go all the way, let's go to the end. And then let's jump on the bus and like, I mean, coming home was a four hour journey, but again, we did it. We raised money. We killed it. And, you know, and again, that was because out of nowhere, I decided to take two challenges that I was not really prepared for. But again, staying true to the fact that we can do anything. And that really is the power of your mind. You can do anything when you have that mind, that determination and, and, and you just the heart you know, it's the heart and and you combine those three together. And yeah, I do kind of feel like I'm unstoppable because I continuously am overcoming all these challenges that not only myself, but a lot of people around me say it's, you're kind of crazy, that's impossible. And I'm like, yeah, well, yes, I am crazy. And yes, I will do it. And, and again, you know, I never planned on forming a charity. I never planned on having international projects. I never planned on building schools in the poorest, poorest countries in the world, but I set my mind to it. I didn't know how I was gonna do it, but I did take the first step. And to me,
that is probably one of the most important things I can say to everybody is if you sit there and you try to plan it out and every detail, it would be almost impossible. You know, building a school in Haiti, that took many years and a lot of hard work and determination. If I had sat at the beginning of this journey trying to figure out how I was going to do this, it would have never happened. I just took the first step, really having no idea what I was doing and letting that be my compass and letting it guide me. And again, when you have a positive mindset and you embrace you embrace all your challenges and all your failures, and again, the mind tells me that that's a success. It doesn't tell me it's a failure. So as long as my brain keeps thinking <laughs> that everything is going to be okay and that we're going to get through it and that every, every, every obstacle and every hard lesson learned is just a step into the right direction, I can never, I can never fail. Even when I fail, I think I'm successful. So, you know, and, and, and it's really true. And I, and I truly tell people, once you just take, get out of your head, get out of your head and take the first step. And that first step is going to guide you to the next one in the next one. Don't try to have it all figured out because nothing ever works according to plan. And just, just go, just go for it and just do what you can every day in the time that you can. So true. So true. I mean, God, so many, <clears throat> excuse me, so many massive nuggets right there, ladies and gentlemen. So encouraging, been contemplating my nonprofit for a while. Yeah, don't contemplate, execute. Patricia, Patricia, thank you guys so much for being here as well. Serena walks the walk. Yes, absolutely. Margaret, thank you so much for being here. Um, let's see, where'd Margaret go? Margaret's right here. Love your determination. Thank you guys all so much for being here. That's our show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, yeah. It's crazy. I was talking with somebody the other day. They were talking about, well, I'm planning this and I'm planning this. And I said, well, talk to me about some major things that you planned in your life. Well, I planned, you know, some outdoor barbecues. I planned a wedding in another country where we had to do that. That took us four months to do. You know, we do a tailgate party every year for the game, blah, blah, blah. And they tell me all these things. I'm like, so what do you have planned for your life? <clears throat> oh, um, yeah, I haven't figured that out. I'm like, okay, well, don't figure it out. Just go after it. Well, that hasn't worked so far. So what, I mean, isn't there, isn't there a point? I mean, there's one, there's one aspect, Serena, where, you know, we could just go for it and just go crazy. Um, but in some aspects, where are you at, you know, as far as, have you ever been in a situation where you have planned something out and maybe that didn't turn out? Why, why is it that you go with your gut so much as opposed to, you know, taking the experience that you learn and now starting to plan more things out? So I'm going to get really deep and really personal. Okay. Um, so again, I, I think like most humans are behaving in the way that we have been told to behave. Uh, believe it or not, even though I, I consider myself a badass because I was a little bit of a badass, but I was a badass who had respect. So when I got sent down to the office, I didn't, I went to the office and I, and I did my punishment, you know, I didn't overreact. And so I've always been respectful. The two most important people in my life, without a doubt, were my mom and my dad. And I wanted to please mom and dad more than anything, even while I was rebelling. And mom and dad's wish for me was to make it through school because I was not doing well in school and, and to become a teacher. Now, I didn't think I could do it 
but at some point I shifted my life and I did it. And I ended up fulfilling my mom and dad's wishes for me. How did you shift that? What, what was that? What was that point in your life that caused you to shift and how did you shift? Well, that's a whole nother story, but <laughs> that massive shift in my life happened when my dad was in a serious car accident and um, fell off a mountain and suffered a, a severe head injury and an acquired brain injury. And when he was in a coma in the hospital dying, and I was still a badass in school, getting kicked out of classes and being told I would never amount to nothing, I sat in his beside his bed in his hospital and I, and I thought, what could I do right now that would really make mom and dad proud? And everybody noticed a massive shift in me because I used to skip school or if I was in class, I was misbehaving. I was the chatty catty girl all the time. And all of a sudden I sat in those classes and I tried. I tried to listen. I tried to pay attention. I tried... When I think of the most disciplined and, and the hardest days of my life, they were my university days because I was being asked by a university to do everything based on reading and writing. And that's where I didn't do well in life. I'm, a, I'm an experimental learner. I'm a, you know on the grounds, learn by doing, not reading and writing. And so university was exceptionally tough for me. It was the most disciplined I ever was in my life so that I could make mom and dad happy. And it was that massive shift in our family and the car accident that made me realize life is short. Um, I would like to make mom and dad proud. And if dad gets through this, I want him to be proud of me. And so... I did it and I was exceptionally proud of myself. And so that for me was what I considered to be at that time, one of the biggest accomplishments because I graduated from university. Like nobody thought I would graduate from high school, let alone make it to university and actually come out with a master's and on the Dean's list. So that for me was impressive. And then that's when I dedicated my life to helping at-risk youth. And I thought to myself, if I was going to become a teacher, I needed to become the teacher I always wish I had. The one that didn't, the one that didn't kick me out of class, the one that didn't tell me that I was stupid and I, you know, I would amount to nothing, but the one that I would actually sit beside me and figure out why I was misbehaving and figure out why I was acting the way that I did, because there's an underlying cause to our behavior. And I wanted to work with the kids who were just like me, who were acting out, who were getting kicked out of school, who were falling through the cracks. Because if, if I could get to them, I could really get that heart-to-heart -heart human connection experience. And when you can break somebody open, you can transform and shift them at the same time. And so for me, it was the greatest gift to actually get paid a ridiculous amount of money um, to do what I love, which was help kids that were suffering greater than I was when I was their age. And on top of that, having way more social, emotional, mental health, like their problems didn't even come close to my problems. And so I became addicted to helping people because I saw that I could actually make an impact in their life. And that changed me. 
But then the second most, you know, pivotal moment in my life was, as I had mentioned earlier, and I think I'm thinking about family a lot right now because I'm in a bit of a family situation. Um, there was the time where mom, dad, and sister, all three of them were in three different hospitals on life support, dying in their own way. And that was definitely the clearest, most aware, most present I've ever been in my life. It was almost like I was an observer to my own life watching these years. And in those years of caregiving, I realized life is short. I love my mom and dad to pieces, but every action I had done in my life was to please them. And I never actually had the courage to live the life that I wanted, which was very different. And so when you watch the people that you love die, when you dedicate your life to at-risk youth and mental health and abuse and addiction, and you're constantly around people who are suffering and people who are hurting, um, it does something to you personally, you know? And, and through my personal journey, and it was strictly my personal journey that led me organically to forming this charity. And that was after mom and dad died, I said, life is short. I don't, I've been a very accomplished, successful teacher in Canada. And now it's time for me to spread my wings and fly and do pursue my passion. And, you know, I always say mom and dad aren't here to yell at me, but even when it came to quitting my job in Canada, teachers are highly respected. Teachers are paid well. Um, when I called them to quit, they were like, what? You can't quit. Like, why would you quit? You know? You finally made it. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. You know, I'm making, I'm making over $100,000 a year. My work day's five hours. I'm doing what I love. I'm 35 years old and I quit. Wow. Job, all my security, everything that I know to be true. I quit it all cold turkey to go into the world and be the best human I could be, not only for myself, but for humanity. And I said, I need to do this. You know, the school board called me and they enticed me with more jobs, more money, you know, doing what I love. And I asked the school board at one point, I said, can you please do me a favor? <laughs> and they're like, what is it? I said, take my name completely out of your computer. Take my name completely out of your files because if you keep calling me, I might say yes. And the whole part of me and the whole plan of me leaving this full-time secure position is for me to go and explore something completely new. And I wanna go for it and I wanna go all the way and I wanna have no distractions. And from that day forth, I've dedicated my life to helping people and pursuing a life of passion, hoping to role model to all beings everywhere that we really can do anything, anything we put our mind to. And Peter, I love you, Mr. Peter Ward. He's one of my great teachers. He's been a mentor for me for many years. And that's it, I'm just supported by so many people who just, you know, Patricia, I wouldn't be on this show right now if it wasn't for Patricia. You and Patricia met, right? Patricia is, She's my mentor. She's my spirit mom. She's my co the co-founder of the charity. And again, it's having 
having all these amazing teachers in my life. And, and that's, that's something else that I highly suggest to anybody who's listening is to have mentors, you know, without mentors in my life, you know, Don Bridgman, Patricia, Peter, there's more, like, there's so many important people in my life that I connect to on a daily basis and that I get what I call words of wisdom from them. All, you know, older, sophisticated, accomplished people who for me is a gift to be able to sit with them and just listen and just listen. Mr. Ryan, I love you so much. <laughs> he's, you know, he's somebody else who is just so important in my life. And all these people are now helping me and supporting me to get our message out there. And the message is, you know, how, not only how to heal humanity, but how to heal yourself first and then use yourself. This is what I want. If I had one wish in life, it would be for everybody to use themselves for the greater good of others. Just one day out of your life, because most of us are selfish and we won't do it for many, but just remove yourself from everything that's happening in your life, in your head, in your family, in your circumstances, and go out into the world. Go feed the homeless, go to the shelters, go help the women, go help the YWCA, go help all these places where there are people that are in the living in the most inhumane, unjust, unhealthy circumstances, and you go be the light for them. Because when you are the light for somebody else, your light ends up shining so much brighter, so much brighter. And being of service to others is, I'm telling you, and I would challenge everybody because I take a challenge. So you all take a challenge now. This is your challenge, ladies and gentlemen. You should Here's the challenge. If she could do all this shit, you got to do this challenge. Do Go it. into the world and spread some love to complete strangers. Just go and do something nice for somebody you do not know, expecting zero in return. And you watch how that feeds your soul. I guarantee it will do something to you. I will second that because I have experienced that so much time and so many things in my life. And it's funny, Serena, we're getting to know each other still. And I, as you were telling your story, it, it was, I was sitting there thinking about how well we get along and how well you and I, Scott vibe and everything. Um, just hearing all about that when you were talking about it, would you, would you say it's accurate to say that, you know, your why you knew your why back when you changed from being who you were to graduating university, you knew your why, when you wanted to quit that, how can you help people? Well, first of all, is that correct? For sure. For sure. And, um, I always knew that, but it became very, very, very evident. Um, I know lately you and uh, Scott have been talking about meditation and mindfulness. Yeah. For me, meditation and mindfulness has been a, a major aspect of my life for about 15 years. Actually, Peter, the one that just you know made a comment, he was one of he was my greatest teacher for yoga and meditation. And that man taught me. He changed my life completely through yoga and meditation. And it was. Um, especially in a Vipassana retreat. So that's a 10 day silent retreat, which was what very, you were silent for 10 days, 10 days, no talking, no, no eye contact, no writing, no books, no nothing. You and your mind for 10 days solid. Can you drink? Not alcohol. 
You're and and how do you do that? I would go insane. That That would be an ultimate challenge for me. That would be wow. It is crazy. It is, it, it, it's a big undertaking. I'm, I'm happy that I did it. But I will tell you the one thing that came out of it, I mean, definitely was I came out of there knowing 100% that my life's purpose is to serve others. It was so clear to me, so clear to me after those 10 days that my life is to be of service and I am not fulfilled or content unless I'm doing something to elevate somebody else. That's where I get my passion, my love, my energy is by being there for other people. So what would you, and thank you for sharing that because that's massive. I mean, it's, it's, I know people are sitting there going, wow, she is an anomaly. She is superhuman. She is one of a kind in which you are. I, I truly believe you're an angel. I mean, I really believe that you're, you're some sort of angel. I believe that you're going to get woman of the year from somewhere, something you truly are remarkable. You are such a blessing. And I don't say that. I don't think I've ever, you know, I do this when I'm like, when I don't want to interrupt somebody, like I'm just, yes, 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 yes. And yes. I've actually adopted that from you. I've now I say that I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Um, I love, I love when I see people, you know, say that and quote that and tag it. Cause yeah, yes, yes, yes. Just do it. Just go for it. But take care, you know, take care of your own mind, because if your mind is not good, nothing else is good, you know? And so, yeah, for me, meditation, meditation always helps me take a step back and check in with myself. And, and if you stay quiet and instead of like, you know, and I'm not going to say that I don't have like this crazy, I love this guy. He needs to be on your show, Chris, Jay. Jay's a survivor and his story will just blow people's minds away. Let's look up. up. What he's overcome is quite remarkable. But again, that is, you know, taking time to be with yourself and with your true self. And even if it's like a lot of, a lot of people have negative thought processes, especially during meditation. This is stupid. I can't do this. I hate this. I can't sit still. I'm going to pick on you, Chris, because you say you have ADHD. Trust uh, it, it's 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 very challenging, but I, I know that I'm going to get through it because I, I have the belief that, like I was saying before, that one little click, I sit there and if I could focus for 20 seconds without having a rabbit thought or you know, then it's like, okay, cool. If I could go half a minute, I just know I'm going to get there. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's something that I want so bad and yeah. that something that I'm so horrible at that I it's I feel like I can't control it, but I still stick with it because God's honest truth. And you guys, I want out there listening and, and watching this right now. If you don't meditate, like Serena's saying, every single person, literally every single successful person I have talked to or I've read about talks about the meditation, talks about that quiet time, talks about getting introspective. And I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Serena, in this society nowadays with Netflix and everything else and the Facebooks and all that, so many of people are living so much outside of themselves that they never spend any time alone. They're constantly going after those short-term gratifications. Oh, let me feel good for this little moment. Let me have this thing to eat. Let me go do that. I mean, and they're just ignoring the reality of that we got to nourish ourselves, our mind, body, and soul, right? Yeah. And again, these are like everything that I hope to promote into the world is the things that have really shifted my life, but nobody taught us this in school. You know, like the life skills, the social skills, you know, the social emotional aspect of who you are. Nobody taught me how to deal with a broken heart. Nobody taught me how to deal with my anger. Unfortunately, I had to learn all this by myself. 
and I guess I, I, I intuitively always gravitated towards self-help books. And when I would read those books, it was like, I could read them. When I would read the stuff that I was reading in high school and university, I was like, what the hell? I could read it 10 times and I still don't understand it, you know? And so even with meditation, you know, as somebody who does have ADHD, you know, while I was even in the, the meditation retreat, I went to go speak to the monk a couple times to tell him like, I'm losing my mind. Like I'm restless. I need to go for a run. I need to go for a walk because I process life through movement. And he told me, he said, well, just instead of sitting and meditating, just walk and meditate and make it a walking meditation mm. and make it, make it a running meditation. And I was like, I can do that. And he said, yeah, he goes, you still just focus on your breath. You know, when a thought comes in, you, you know, go back to your breath and while you're walking and while you're running or whether you're sitting, whatever way that you're doing it, as long as you're focusing on your breath and you're letting the thoughts go, you're still doing meditation. So yeah, for me, I get, <laughs> so for me, again, those are, you know, that's why yoga, when people do yoga, you start with yoga and you end with meditation because you get everything out in the movement, you know, and, and, and in the practice. And then by the time the practice is done, you're so kind of like, you know, tired that you can actually just lie in that meditation, in that meditative state and, and, and let all that goodness come in. So, yeah, I mean, and that's why I think, again, and that's why I think I'm somewhat successful is because I make these daily, I make these daily practices part of my routine, even in Haiti. No matter like no matter where I am in the world, I, I'm doing this, you know, I'm reading, I'm writing, I'm journaling, I'm affirmations, I'm, you know, gratitude prayers, prayer, prayer, prayer. And so and I and I will just keep saying, like, the more you do what you don't think you're capable of doing, the stronger you're going to get. And you're going to start to realize you are much stronger than your thoughts you are much stronger than your limitations. And once you finally get over that fear and you do it, you are going to become unstoppable because your mind is going to allow you to do it all, whatever it is. Even when you don't know how to do it, you just do it and you learn. That's how you get very strong. <laughs> so, so there's a, and thank you for sharing that. I mean, truly, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I came up with one of the, the hashtags that I use all the time is unstoppable because, you know, it forced me to be unstoppable. That's why I got the tattoo that says, I love it. Yeah. What didn't kill me only makes me stronger. I love kill me only makes me stronger. I mean, I, there was, there was times, even for me, the unstoppable kid who's been through homeless being a seventh grade dropout, earning my master's degree. I was a seventh grade dropout, got a master's degree. I got the damn thing just so I could say, Hey, I was a seventh grade dropout. And now I got this. And I knew I went from being called stupid and everything. And it was like, no, let me show you. So what is about, what is it about that? I mean, that we have to, we, sometimes we have to take an external challenge or a, Hey, I'm going to show you kind of thing. Um, what do we, what do we tell people who are in their brain? There's like, you know what? I tried to do that, but I, I failed or I made mistakes or it didn't work. Or, you know, the people around me don't love me. I mean, isn't, isn't making tough decisions and making sacrifices a part of getting to where you want to go and knowing your why? 100%. If it, you know, I tell people right away, as soon as you're in a not okay place, I love you. That's my cousin, Josie. Hi, Josie. 
She's been there for me from the start. You know, I have all these amazing people supporting me and that, you know, that keeps my drive. But it's like you said, if, if you don't dedicate time to yourself to discipline your mind like a muscle, like you would any other part of your body, you're not, you're not going to overcome your obstacles. You're not going to get out of your fear-based behavior. You actually have to, as ridiculous as it might sound, you have to set aside, and that's how I first started. I used to set aside five times a day, 10 minutes to do these practices. Sometimes it was a meditation practice. One time it was a journal practice. For me, affirmations changed my life. And it wasn't just saying them, it was actually writing them out. And I remember at the beginning writing them out thinking, this is so stupid. I don't even believe what I'm writing, you know? But again, I did it for 30 days and I was so addicted after the 30 days, it turned into 60, 90 days. And after 90 days of affirmations, my entire brain shifted. It shifted. And that's what I tell people because without putting in that discipline of writing the affirmations, speaking the affirmations and taking those five times a day, maybe for some people, you know, let's say three, but that's 30 minutes a day you're dedicating to shifting the way your brain thinks. And if you don't begin to put in that time to change your thoughts, your thoughts are not going to change. They're just going to weigh you down. They're going to keep you stuck. So if you want to get out of that, and, and I used to do this with my kids, and that's why I, I, I have heart, but I don't have heart for people who do not try. So when my kids would come into my program, and we're talking about Canada's most at-risk youth, I had 15 of the hardest to serve youth in the city of Toronto, okay? They'd been kicked out of every school. They'd been in and out of jail, in and out of group homes. I was their last chance for somewhat success. And I used to do this with my students and the students that came in and started to do this in the beginning, they too were like, miss, this is stupid. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's stupid, but just keep doing it. I promise you. And all the kids started to do that. And all the kids started to role play these new thoughts and these new behaviors. They'd actually get in front of the class and they would role play or they would speak their affirmations or they would write their affirmations. And there was a couple miserable kids in the back of the classroom. And I used to say, you just sit back there and you be miserable while all of us be amazing in the front. And those miserable little kids in the back, when they started to see their peers kind of shift and they could see that things were getting better and things were changing, they were like, hey, maybe I'm going to try this. So it's, it's the effort. And that's what I always say. It's you put in the effort. When you don't put in the effort, then, and you just want to sit there and complain, I don't got time for you. But when you at least try, even if you're doing it wrong, even if, you know, even if the assignment that you handed in was like really shitty, I'm still going to praise you and give you props for trying. Because again, trying is the first step to the next step to the next step. And, and yeah. <laughs> I was, I was just going to, I was going to say, so as an affirmation, like, I am special. I am special. I am special. Talk to us about people who don't know what affirmations are. Cause I know sometimes they get, I'll, I'll talk about affirmations and be like, Oh, that's so stupid. That's just filling yourself up full of bullshit. I'm like, no, you have to say I'm the right way. You have to write, have the right, the right mindset. And I just wanted to share this with you because we are very similar. This is my book. This yeah. is, this is my 
gratitude and affirmation book. I write in it on each side every, most every day. And yeah. so every day you just, there's, there's a, there's a, there's something that happens with your subconscious when you write stuff, when people say, I've got it up here. I'm like, write that shit down, write that shit down multiple times. You know, everybody I've talked to have been successful. They're like, I have my goals written down. I write them down every day. It sounds stupid, but I write them down every day. You know, you have your vision board in front of you. You're writing your goals every day. You're doing positive affirmations. You're feeding your mind. Well, you're getting around the right people. You can't help but become successful. So talk yeah. to us about affirmations and the, the way that a beginner can start um, constructing those to their best, to the best benefit. So first I do want to say like, you can't just fly by. I mean, I do fly by the seat of my pants, but I always have like a kind of goal and, and I, like I envision, okay, I want to do this. I want to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I, you need to have somewhat of direction because without direction, you're just lost. You don't know what you're doing. You're, you know, running on a hamster wheel all the time. So you have to have somewhat of a direction. And then, you know, the affirmation part is, yeah, gratitude is a super strong practice. Yes, Peter, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the and, and the affirmations are like, I am open and receptive to all the good in the universe. I prosper wherever I turn. I am a magnet for goodness. You know, I I say the things that I would like to bring into the world, and the more and more I say them, and the more and more I write them, the more and more they become my truth. So I really do believe I can do anything I set my mind to. And I say that every day, I can do anything I set my mind to. I can say yes to new opportunities. I can overcome my fears. I can overcome challenges. I can make the best out of every situation. And that's all I do is honestly, I really just feed my mind all the time with really good stuff. And I said, I, I can give, and at one day, at one point in my life, and I know you say this too, Chris, every day we're creating chapters uh, of, of our life. You know, every day we're experiencing something and we're writing a new page in our book. And one day there will be a book and one day people will know my backstory because very few people do know my backstory. And that is filled with extreme challenges and extreme crises and, and, and heartache. And even in my, like I said, in my dark days, in my hard days, I still had the spirit to believe that this was all guiding me to something else. I never felt sorry for myself. When I, I'm, I'm in a crisis right now as we speak, and I'm not usually in crises too much, but I still am so positive and I still am saying, even through the situation, you know, it's sad, it hurts, but it's gonna be okay. And I always do believe that it's in our most challenging moments. It's in when we are deep in the shit, that's really when the magic starts to happen. That, you know, and, and it's like you come out of it. Yeah, my parents, I think now they would be proud, but they'd probably still be a little bit. They are. <laughs> like, they're like, yeah. That's um, our mother down there. Yeah. I hope so. I hope I make them proud. You know, we're with you. And you know, I even I I I write my mom a letter almost every day. It might only be three sentences. Sometimes it might be a whole page. Sometimes it's multiple pages. But I I, I still tune in to my mom and especially my mom on a daily. And I and um and again, all of it like through the heartache, through the challenges, through the crises. I still know that all of this is prepping me for something. And when you come out of these really hard times in your life 
again, that increases your confidence, that increases your skill set because you're like, holy, I just got through that. Oh my God, I, I didn't even think that I could come out of that alive. And you come out on top. And this is a big man, celeb from Haiti. This is a very big man. This man I is, I can't wait to go to Haiti and give him a big hug. And I'm working with him right now in the Rotary on feeding hundreds of thousands of families in Haiti. Um, and again, you know, I never in a million years thought that, you know, a special education student who sat in special education classrooms being told that you were stupid and you wouldn't amount to nothing. I am now surrounded by really greatness. I'm surrounded by politicians. I'm surrounded by leaders, changers, global makers, you know, the rich, the famous, the rich, and, you know, right down to the poorest of the poor. So I never in a million years thought that I would be around some of the per people in the circles that I am associating with. And all of that happened because I was following my heart, you know, and I wasn't caring so much about what everybody else wanted me um, and, and to just believe in myself. Because as I started, Chris, you know, you, you flunked out, you kicked, you got kicked out of school at grade seven. You mm -hmm. didn't go to school and then you got a master's. Like that, that again, that's, that's part of your story. When you overcome something that wild, you know in your heart, that's why you're just as crazy as I am. Because when we can get through these things that we never thought we could get through, you were homeless and living in a car and look at where you're at today. If you're not an inspiration for people, if I'm not an inspiration and others, then really like what is holding you back and just get out of that headspace and let's do this. <laughs> wow. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. I know you have to get out of here. I, I think Jay, Jay, Jay came up with my question. So I'm just going to say it. Serena, you've accomplished so much helping the most vulnerable. What is next? What is next for Serena Buffalino? I will honestly say, I feel like I am just getting started. Yes. And to be where I'm at in my life right now is a full transition. And as it's coming together, um, I am, I feel like I'm the sky's the limit. I'm ready to go, go, go. And now, you know, COVID allowed me to sit still long enough to assemble a incredible board for the charity. We have a board of directors, we have executive team, we have various committees. And now I kind of went from trying to figure this out by myself to being surrounded by people who not only believe in me, but have skill sets that far exceed mine. And I believe with my team now and what this charity is gonna do in the world is going to make a profound difference. So like I said, what's next? What's next is healing the planet. What's next is everybody knowing who Help Heal Humanity is and everybody knowing how they can help themselves and then use that to help others. So watch out world, not just me, but the whole team of Help Heal Humanity is coming for you for sure. Yes. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Will you come back on my show again sometime? Oh my God, would I? Could I? Please, yes. please. Yes, you I are. You are. You are phenomenal. You really are. I envision the day Serena Buffalino, like I told you on that message, I said, if you're ever nominated for a woman of the year or something like that, I'd say it in jest, but I would love the opportunity to introduce you because what, 
I mean, you truly are an angel. And I, I don't think I've ever said that about somebody that I've personally known. I mean, I've seen people like, wow, those people are really cool. But to know you in your presence and to know your heart center and your love and your passion and your commitment, your conviction and your willingness, it was just, it's just really a testament to what all of us need to be focusing on and doing with our lives. It's not like I, when I asked you that question, life is life simple. Yes, it's simple, but I loved what you said. You said exactly almost what I say. I say life is simple, but at times it can be challenging. And you said it's not easy. Yeah, life is simple. It's like take care of yourself, nourish yourself. I was I've talked to like seven people. I've I've been doing these free coaching calls, you know. And uh I'm like, how much water do you they're like, I just don't feel I said, how much water do you drink a day? Uh, I hate water. I don't like water. I'm like, what do you drink? Oh, I drink soda, I drink tea, I drink coffee, I really don't drink anything. I'm like, do you realize your body's 80% water? If you're not drinking, you're not operating. You're like putting shit gas in a Ferrari. It's just crazy. It blows my mind that people don't take care of themselves. And you literally just in this, in this hour have said, listen, ladies and gentlemen, here's the plan for life. You know, take care of yourself, get into meditation, know your why, go for it, stop overthinking crap and follow your heart. I mean, it's truly remarkable. Where can people get a hold of you? Where, where can people first talk about Heal Humanity and, and the website and everything? And if somebody wanted to continue the conversation with you, um, where would they get a hold of you or reach out to you like on social media or whatnot? Yeah, 100%. So you see my name in the window, Serena Buffalino. So that's me on Facebook. Yeah. And then we have help heal. So info at helphealhumanity.org is how you can email me. Um, and then, or you could just go to our website. There's my cousin. I love all, uh, all my families coming out to support. That's amazing. And that's what just makes my heart smile because it, it is somewhat of a lonely life that I've chosen, you know, cause I'm, I'm traveling the world. I'm a lot of times by myself. I don't speak the language. And that's something else we can we can end on. I don't speak the language in any of the countries that I work in, yet I'm really successful in them because I tell people that's the nonverbal language of love. You don't need to speak. Your heart and your spirit will make it all happen. And 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 that's really it. I I I hope I do make you proud and I hope people make me proud. And and I do, I am lonely, but when stuff like this happens, it, it's all worth it because I see that people are paying attention to me and people are, you know, maybe somehow encouraged by my thoughts and my actions. And if I can spread that on to others, then I've done an incredible thing in the world. And again, it's not about the money. It's not about the fame. It's about the legacy. And you speak about this all the time and the eulogy you want to be read at your funeral, what, what, what you did. And for me, having an impact in the world is much greater than having a big bank account. So, but you can always, you know, donate and give me money. That's okay. Too. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, thank you because I think all of you are beautiful and yes, I would love it if people email me, text me, follow me, help heal humanity on Instagram, on Facebook, you know, there's, there's this, you know, the sky's the limit. Like I said, you can find me and we can do amazing things together. And that's really what I would love is for people to use me because like, that's what I really want. I want people to use me so that we can do something for other people. So let me be that mediator between you and humanity and making the world a better place. Count me in. Let's Count me in. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, sister. I'm with you. I'm with you. I love you. I appreciate you. I honor you. I respect you. I am uh, intimidated by you. No, I'm not. I'm not intimidated. I, I, we're like, it's like, it's like listening to myself half the time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But uh, I just, I thank you so much for being here. I'm going to put you backstage. Um, also, um, uh, I send my best to everybody and uh, hang on for a second. Then uh, we'll chit chat, but I'm going to end the show. And I can't thank you enough. You've, you've, you've blown so many people away. I thank your family. Um, so I love you. Hang on one second. Uh, we'll end the show. Bye, everybody. Wow. I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew how impactful this show would be. <clears throat> That's why I promoted it like that. I'm like, you have to be here. You have to witness this personality, this beautiful soul who is constantly taking the objections out of the way of what could be possible. You know, so often all of us are like, well, I can't do it because of this. And then there might be that we pontificate, we assume, we prejudge, and then we live in our own shit and mediocrity. And then one day we get to be about 70, 80 years old, whatever it might be, or we get sick and we get a cancer diagnosis. And then all of a sudden we realize what's important. And that's what Serena did. That's what Serena talked about is what's important. What is your priority? Not priorities. What is your priority in life? What is your main goal? Like Serena just said so eloquently, I talk about the eulogy all the time. What is it that people are going to say about you when you're passing? What are they going to come to your funeral and say? Are they going to say, well, they watched a lot of Netflix and they had a good job and, you know, they seem like they had a pretty good life. Or do you want people to know you for the impact that you were supposed to have here? Are they going to talk about how you went after your goals and your dreams and you didn't give up? Are they going to talk about how you got yourself around the right amount of people, the right kind of people, how you invested in yourself to grow yourself, to become the best possible version of yourself you could be? That's what I want. The end of my eulogy, back in 2008, I wrote my eulogy. I was going through some tough times and I thought if somebody came to my funeral, they would say, oh, Chris is a party animal, you know, and all these other things. And I'm like, I don't want to be remembered for that. And so I went home and I wrote my eulogy and the very last part of it was that Christopher Roush will have fought for what was right and what was fair. He will have risked for which that mattered and he will have left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. That is my why. I wake up every single day and like Serena said so eloquently and beautifully, I get up and before I open my eyes, I say what I'm grateful for and I say my intentions for the day before I open my eyes. That's how I start my day. I don't roll over and look at my phone and look at CNN. I don't sit there and go, oh shit, it's going to be another crappy day. You know, if, if it's going to be a crappy day, those are your choices. You know, you're the one that's punishing yourself. Stop doing that. Get around the right people. Let the people that aren't going to support you, let them go. Wish them well. Hey, they're on their journey. You're on your journey. Don't sit there and try to be the bigger person and save them and try to lift them up. You know, like Serena said, I, I, I love, I'm the same exact way. I love people, but that's why I'm the no excuses coach. I came up with it because I was fucking tired of everybody's excuses. Like, oh, I don't have time. I don't have money. You know, even in the age of Google and YouTube, people say, I don't know how to cook healthy. I had somebody tell me that one time. And I'm like, you don't know how to cook healthy. How do you think you might learn? You know, they were talking about how overweight they were. And oh, I don't have time to exercise. I'm like, wow. <clears throat> so anyways, I truly thank you guys all for being here, for participating. I appreciate Serena's family and your friends and, and the mentors. I, I truly, truly appreciate you for being here. I appreciate the shares. You guys are an amazing community. You really are. This is becoming a family and I'm so proud of it. The Misfits for Life. I love it. The Kick-Ass Unstoppable Family. Um, I just encourage you strongly, strongly get out of your own way. Give yourself an opportunity to succeed. Stop punishing yourself. Stop living in the past. Change your trajectory. Like I talked about at the beginning of the show, 
Stop looking in the past and start looking in the future. Start looking at what's possible. Change the way you talk to yourself. I've got a guest coming up in a couple of weeks, I think, that the, we're going to talk about the words and the language that we use. Stop beating yourself up. Stop saying, I can't. Instead of saying, I can't, just say, I won't, right? Take responsibility for yourself. Serena is amazing. Connect with her. Please donate to healhumanity.org. I love you guys. Stay kick-ass. And as always, I love you. Peace out.